Welcome to the Mel Hummer podcast. It is episode 74. I'm Mo and I'm here with Alice. How are you? Hello, I'm all right. Where the hell have you been? You've not been here for like eight <laughs> weeks or something, it's felt like. What's going on? I've been in the podcast for two weeks. Oh, two weeks too long, mate. Two weeks too long. Um, you went off on some adventures, didn't you? I did. What can you tell me about that? You went to Norway, is that right? I went to Norway, yeah. The most metal place in the universe. What it were is, you, What yes. were you doing there? Um, I went to a festival in um, Holden, a place down south near Sweden. Holden doesn't sound like a very Norwegian place. It, it is. Like it should just be on the south coast of England <laughs> or something. It's probably where we got our names, really, yeah, or true, something. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, it's... Um, so what were you doing there? Sorry, you were at a festival? Yes, uh, it's, there's a fortress there, um, like an old uh, fortress. Oh, yeah, that's um, it. It's about 500 years old, I guess. Um, and they used to have tons of rock there, which is probably Norway's biggest festival. It's their kind of download, I Right, suppose. okay, yeah, I've heard of tons of rock. Yeah. Okay, this sounds like I'm pretending like we haven't talked about this before or something but I'm actually a little bit like <laughs> where's Alice she's in Norway I was like oh okay so I, d- I wasn't actually like exact on where you'd been so it's in the same place Tons of Rock was yes they moved they moved quite last minute I think they wanted Kiss and they thought it would be better to move to Oslo I suppose um I guess for transport and stuff like that it's easier especially okay. as a, a huge festival um so they moved to Oslo this year um, leaving a space or a gap um, where they used to be, obviously, like a, a time slot that um, yeah, needs to be like, filled. Yeah, you'd have like, I guess, local businesses expecting to have people around and yeah, all that kind of yeah. stuff. What's the festival called? I'm just going to Google it right now. Imperium. Um, they don't Imperium. have a website yet because they were set up oh, wow. quite last minute. Um, when they found out there was a slot, they were like, right, let's get in there. Um, let's do a black metal festival. Which so there's is a black metal festival that doesn't even have a website in a fortress in Norway. It is super <laughs> underground. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> they have a Facebook page. Um, so you can find them on Facebook and you can look online okay. oh, yeah, on um, metalhammer.com. And so Norwegian. I've done a sort of little lowdown on why you need to go there. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, it's really, really good. Really, really good venue. You can see all the fjords and all the way to Sweden, I believe. Really? Yeah, it's right by Sweden. So it's right right down south, um, south coast of Norway. And it's where it sort of borders with, with Sweden. Um, so they used to, it, that's why it's a fortress there. They When they were having loads of battles with Sweden, um, their last Norway's um, fortress that was, I think, slightly further, maybe east, okay. was taken over by Sweden. So that's part of Sweden now. And that was like a medieval fortress, I I suppose. Um, this is one of those things that's just making me feel shamefully ignorant of European history. <laughs> no but idea. when that was taken, they needed a new fortress, so they moved to Holden and set one up there. And um, it did, it held off the Swedes quite a few times, I believe. Um, they'd come over by sea and try and take over, and they managed to fight them off because it's right on a hill. Right. So you can see everything. Always good. Always yeah. good if you're thinking of building a fortress. Indeed. And it's it's really, really cool just from like a historical point of view. It's all cobbled and like old buildings and it's really it's really quite quaint. It's quite small. It's not huge. The actual fortress, I think there's sort of like a wall that goes around and it's much, much larger and there's sort of houses, really old houses within this fortress. But the actual fortress itself um, is quite small. But there's a massive, massive hill you have to go down to the campsite, which keeps you fit though. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> so it's all ca- it is camping and stuff as well. Yeah, there's camping down the bottom of the hill. Um, Tons of Rock used to have um, another stage sort of outside of the um, actual fortress, but right. but Imperium because it's a lot smaller and it was its first year, so it's the smallest it's going to be, hopefully. Um, only had the one stage inside the fortress, but that was really cool because it was really, really intimate um, yeah. and it was right set in the like the middle of this sort of courtyard bit so it was all cobbled and really really cool that sounds awesome who who was yeah. playing it then is there um, a single band i would have actually heard of yeah so you probably have heard of campfire or talker i have yes um so there's two that that were playing so um, talker spelled t-a-a-k-e yes all right cool black um, metal cred points rolling in <laughs> <laughs> so i've got two so there were a few other bands as well that were really, really good. Um, 
Mork are really, really good. I'm wearing the t-shirt today, actually. Oh, yeah, cool. Ruffin. <laughs> did you get that there? Yeah, I did. I bought it there. I was like, yeah, respect. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, he's a really nice guy as well. Thomas Serickson. Um, he's kind of the brain behind Mork. Um, really old school sounding black metal, but kind of modern, I suppose. Because he's in his early 30s, so... Um, yeah, really, really good. Just it was really friendly and really, really nice atmosphere. So that's always good. And everyone thinks, Lovely. oh, black metal is so, um, you know, intimidating. Everyone, yeah, so everyone's so horrible. But no, it was one of the friendliest festivals I've ever been to. Awesome. Yeah. And and you can read more about that on metalhammer.com right now. Yes. Awesome. You should go and do that and top up your metal cred points, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Um, loads going on this week in the world of metal. I guess the big news is uh, news you're probably not as bothered about in that Slipknot have released a new single. Yeah. Yes. So uh, if if you didn't tune in a few weeks ago, Alice dropped the bombshell on Elle and I that um, she's not much of a Stone uh, Slipknot fan. In fact, she's actually more of a Stone Star fan than a Slipknot fan, which we didn't know was, <laughs> was possible in the 21st century. Um, did you listen to Solway Firth though? Did you give it a go? Yeah, I did. Did you have any thoughts? Um, it's the, th- the third new single they've released uh, recently, but only the second new song that's actually going to be on the new album. Yeah. Um, I preferred the last single. There did is. you? Yeah. Okay. How so? I don't know. There's something. There was something a little bit like less. I don't really know how to describe it. I only listened to it the once, but it was a little bit disjointed to me. Like it was. I know what you mean. Yeah. Like it wasn't like quite as flowy as a song, and I guess that just made me think. Mm, like it's not very catchy. Yeah, that's what kind of <laughs> that's what threw me about it. But that's what um, I really like about it. Conv- like, funnily enough, I think this is my favorite song they've released in the in the new era. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. It more, I like it. I mean, I liked All Out Live. Um, uh, I mean, again, that was not on the album so much. I thought, uh, uh, but you know, I thought our life was pr- was promising. I thought Unsainted was good, and you know, like like you said, it was obviously much more of a single. It was like very mm. catchy and had that vibe to it. I, I like them both more, having since seen them live at Download. Yeah. I think, but um, I got to say, this like this song really took me by surprise because I know there's been lots of things about they're doing Iowa level stuff and it's going to be a heavier record and all this kind of stuff. But I thought this song was really, really fucking heavy, actually. And I think what I actually quite liked about it, and I agree, it's almost like a disjointed thing in a way, but it just bludgeons you over the head with riff after riff after riff after riff. And it's like there's slow ones, there's fast ones, there's kind of big lumbering ones, there's like machine gun heavy, um, speedy ones. Um and yeah, it's not it's not really catchy at all, but it's just the riffs on it are so urgent and like crushing and it's just it's it's just it excites me to hear Slipknot sounding so like fuck it, you want a heavy song, we're gonna give you a heavy song. And it really I really enjoyed it. it, it like I said, it's definitely my favourite thing they've released from the album so far, and it's made me really, really interested to see um I guess how that and Unsainted will bookend the record. Mm. Maybe not literally in terms of track listing, but just whether those are kind of the two sides of it, or there's going to be lots of different flavors and shades to the album. Um, I'm really, really fascinated to, to hear how it sounds. So I'm into it. Um, and we know that they're doing tour dates at some point, including UK dates next year. Yes. Uh, it's a bit vague in how they've announced it so far, but we know that's happening. Um, yeah. And of course, if you want to read the most important thing in all things Slipknot, you should pick out our latest issue, which is out right now. And uh, I went into it for a long time last week because we're very, very proud of it. But it's got nine different covers available on the shelves right now. Um, and I know there have actually been people out there going out and picking up all nine covers and you people are actual heroes. So thank you very much. We really appreciate the support. Um, I know the guys in Slipknot are very uh, excited about all having their own covers as well and all that kind of stuff. Got some special requests in and all that business. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just awesome. Very exciting to be excited about Slipknot as a Slipknot fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else has been going on? Loads of shit. Oh, yeah, let's talk about Lacuna Coil. Um, so uh, tickets to this have already sold out before the, we even got a chance to talk about it on the podcast. That's how excited mm-hmm. people are about this. Uh, so sorry if you're just hearing about this now. You can't go to it because it's already uh, it's already sewn up. But we're very excited because uh, Metal Hammer is going to be teaming up with the London Dungeon to put on a very special Lacuna Coil event later this year. 
Um, we're going to be bringing the band into the London Dungeon on September 6th, um, where they're actually going to be taking fans around the dungeon experience itself before, and this is where it gets really badass, hosting a special playback of the new album, Black Anima. Uh, that album's not even out until October 11th. This event is happening on September 6th. So if you manage to bag yourself a ticket for this, you're in luck because you're going to be hearing the album over a month before it actually comes out. How cool is that? How cool is that? Um, so yeah, very excited about that. It, uh, tickets sold out straight away, but don't worry, you don't totally miss out on the experience if you didn't manage to pick up a ticket because we will be there on site at the time recording stuff uh, for future publication in the magazine. We're going to be streaming stuff on Instagram. We're going to be posting about it online as well. So if you're a Lacuna Core fan and you just want to uh, hear more about it, even if you didn't get a ticket at the time, uh, stay tuned to melthammer.com to find out how you can kind of follow it all going down. But yeah, should be a laugh, shouldn't it? Lacuna Core yeah. in London Dungeon. Yeah, it's a really cool place to have anything going on, really. Yeah. And they're all like gothic and spooky and yeah. stuff. So that'll work. It's going to be wicked. Uh, shout out London Dungeon as well for um, for working with us to provide something really cool for Lacuna Core fans. We're really stoked on that. Uh, what else been going on? been talking so much i'm out of breath it's very hot as you probably <laughs> all know <laughs> it's toasty around here um, so lamb of god uh have officially revealed that chris adler yeah. has left the band um so he's being replaced by the guy who's co- uh, who's currently on tour with lamb of god and has been for the past couple of years yeah art um, cruise yeah which is a cool name Yes, I'll, I'll say that for him. That's all I know about him, to be honest. <laughs> Other than I've, you know, we, we seem to be really on it with Lama Gods yeah. uh, download. Um, so yeah, that's a big deal. Chris has officially left. We we heard Randy say a few months ago that he didn't really know what the situation was with Chris. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure Chris has been doing some bits and bobs outside of that. He was involved with Megadeth for a while, mm-hmm. and like, there was loads of stuff going on. So it's interesting that he's just he's just gone and. Uh, the statement that Lama God put up was very much a kind of art is our drummer now. Thanks a lot, Chris. Best of luck. And that was mm-hmm. it, really. So don't know what don't know what happened there, really, whether it yeah. was a falling out or they just Chris decided he he wasn't into it anymore or what was happening. No idea. There's been absolutely no further comment on it, really. No, um, that was it. It's a bit strange because obviously his brother's in the band still. Yeah, exactly. Willie's still in the band. So there's obviously that dynamic there. Um, I mean, as I said, I thought Lamagog crushed it the other the other week at Download. So I don't think they've, you know, drastically lost a ton in the live environment. But it'll be interesting to see how that feeds into the album because yeah. you know, groove and pace is such an important part of what that band does. Um, and uh, Chris was a real linchpin in that. So it's going to be interesting to see how that feeds into the into the next album, I guess. So just have to wait and see. But rest assured, if you find that anything else myhammer.com it'll all be up there so mm-hmm. there you go uh in uh vague but still very exciting news <laughs> mm-hmm. tool have released da, 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 a new logo yes on a video with no music on it yeah <laughs> the most tool shit ever um people have some thoughts on the new logo uh, i'm quite surprised that you know some people seem quite um annoyed about the logo for some yeah. reason and this is bearing in mind this is a band whose logo used to be a spanish shape like a cock and balls so i don't you know they've normally got yeah. a history of pandering to expectations when it comes to that kind of uh, visual stuff um but yeah so there you go that's that's the tool news this week yeah can't add anything to that really can not we? really no <laughs> <laughs> there's tool stuff happening it's just happening uh maybe not quite as fast as a lot of diehard fans might hope, but I'm sure we'll hear more about all things tall very, very, very soon indeed. Um, should we just jump straight into some reader questions then? Yeah. Why the fuck not? We're smashing through it today. We're trying not to melt while we're uh, <laughs> melting to our lovely new microphones we've got. Um, www.facebook.com forward slash Melthammer Readers is the place to be if you want to come and hang out with us, give us feedback on the magazine, talk about the podcast, ask us questions for the podcast. Uh, any questions you might have about anything else that's the place to come and ask him and uh, yeah what's going on someone asked, what? oh my god I've lost my place <laughs> um, should I read the first one yeah go on let's do that uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting heat strike over here so our first reader um, who is Calvin Smitherum I hope I said that right I'll take that um, so as you guys know Sabaton have their own history channel um 
who else in the metal world do you think could make a decent TV channel and what would it be? Well, um, that is a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing I thought of when I saw this was I just want Devin Townsend doing something, but I couldn't work out what it was. Yeah. I just want him on TV doing stuff. I think it would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, I don't really want to, oh, I, I totally am. I'm shamelessly feeding into the, oh, he's the nutty professor of metal thing. Um, but um, I'd maybe just presenting something where he does science experiments and just blows up stuff and reacts to it would be good. Like, um, what's that show when it's like um, trying to prove the like whether or not things are real or not from films and oh yeah, what is that called? Like that. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of it. No, <laughs> that'd be good though. I'll be down for that. Or maybe him and Ziltoy presenting some kind of like... Children's show? Children. <laughs> well, I was going to say like a space show. <laughs> show about space. Yeah, a children's show Those two show and Brian Cox space. or something. Yeah. Um, just uh, presenting a show about space. Doesn't that be for children just because he's a puppet? Yeah. People might want to watch it anyway. I guess people could. <laughs> look at me like that. Don't judge me. <laughs> dare you. Um, you're looking at a man that signed up for a, for a Dark Crystal... Um, exhibition thing that's coming up in london so i'm all that about the puppets cool, mate i'm all about the puppets that's gonna be good isn't it oh mm. my word i'm so excited for that uh so yeah i'd have i'd have devin presenting something involving science maybe and space and um, bruce dickinson just narrating things on ancient cultures maybe okay. bruce dickinson narrating like a thing on ancient egypt or a thing on Mas- ancient macedonia to throw over to a very specific song reference um just just bruce tickerson's guide to history or but kind of like big epic historical things rather yeah. than i don't want boring history i want like i want the big mighty battles and gods and thunder and castles and pyramids and all the yeah. rest of it i basically want iron maiden album art but stretched out into, <laughs> a, into, into a 10 60 minute documentaries narrated by bruce so that'd be good yeah. Um, what else have I got? Have you got any? Yeah. Um, so I thought that Rob Zombie should obviously have like a history of horror show. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> it was a bit obvious, but I think yeah, it'd be really cool. I'm annoyed I didn't think of it. <laughs> um, it's like just horror movies. How was no one giving him that yet? Well, he movies. must have been offered I don't know. It. I mean, Mark Gattis did a really cool one for the BBC. He did like this sort of history of horror. It was like three part. Like I never saw that. That sounds thing. awesome. Really, really cool. It's probably on BBC iPlayer or something. But um, that was really good. But yeah, Rob Zombie could do a similar kind of thing. But I guess because Mark Gattis sort of started it back in the sort of gothic, gothic horror thing. Right, okay. I feel like Rob Zombie could do a more like he, he, exploitation he gets, film. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. like the sort of like early stuff in the US and that kind of stuff. Or more like slasher and zombies and that kind of stuff That'd and awesome. maybe from different like countries like you know how america were doing it how italy were doing it etc etc that'd be really cool um i'd be well into that I'm, I, I, and someone must have thought of this and pitched this and tried to get him to do this at some point because he's, like he's such have. a big deal in horror and hollywood now yeah and music obviously as well it just makes sense doesn't it it does that'd be awesome i also think um because i love fenris from um dark throne ledge um he does a lot of like hiking so i think they should do like a they should do like a a ray mears style like thing with fenris and i think it would be absolutely brilliant like yeah yeah, i mean i'd watch the shit out of that (laughs) he did an interview where he went hiking and it was just brilliant and like he's just such a character so i think it'd be really good and i bet he's really really good at it as well like knows how to survive in the wilderness of norway Oh my god, can you actually imagine? <laughs> it would be incredible. But you'd have to like just throw him stuff to try to do they have bears in Norway? Probably not. I don't think they have um, bears in Europe anymore, do they? I'm not sure. I, I mean they have this. some they have some things. I mean they have moose and yeah, stuff like that. They're and pretty badass. Probably wolves. Yeah, just oh Fenris versus Wolves in the Wild. That would be <laughs> I know I've just kind of made it a bit trashy he, his celebrity deathmatch. Norse. Norse mythology, yes. Yeah. Do you know how I knew this? Because, <laughs> uh, well, I've seen, they, they play on it in Thor, Ragnarok as well, actually. Uh, but okay. um, I've been literally this week reading that thing that Neil Gaiman did, you know, the Norse mythology yes. thing. It's absolutely wicked. Have you read it? No, I haven't. He literally I wanna, just I takes about, um, I don't know, 
uh, between 10 to 15, um, I guess, what are cl- a classic traditional Norse uh, mythological tales and yeah. um, and just kind of uh, tells them in his kind of very Neil Gaiman-y way. So just yeah. quite chummy and fun and, and pacey and good. And it just, um, it, it's like a kind of like, feels like Neil Gaiman himself is like sat around the campfire with you just telling these stories. And Fenris okay. was in that and I noticed Fenris. Cool. I was like, oh yeah, that's the where he gets it from, isn't it? Wolf. A massive wolf. Yeah. Absolutely massive. <laughs> so yeah, I would watch that. I was just thinking as well, have you seen the... Um, because uh, I was thinking about that metal and horror thing and I was thinking, I swear Rob's done stuff like that before, but I was thinking of that um, metal and horror documentary that uh, Mike Schiff's been trying to um, crowdfund. We did a thing on it yeah. in the magazine a couple of years ago and we did a kind of catch up with him recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast before, we might have, but if people who are into their uh, horror and metal, as we certainly are, and many people who are into metal are, mm-hmm. um, you should look up the History of Horror and Metal documentary um, he's got a crowdfunder on Indiegogo and stuff, and he's basically got, like, um, I mean, anyone who's anyone. I think, like, Robert England's in it, and uh, John Carpenter's in it, and then he's also yeah. got, like, Corey Taylor and Rob Zombie and John Five and Rick all is. these people just doing this massive, big um, kind of interview segments and, and commentary on uh, the history of metal and horror, because, you know, the two do really go back together and work really well. So that just suddenly popped to mind for some reason, but... If people are into the whole metal and horror thing, um, people should go and look that up immediately. And uh, yeah, if you fancy donating, I think you can donate. Or if not, just read all about it and spread the word. Because I would love to see that made. He's been making it for about five years now, so oh, I want to see it happen. Great. Yeah, it, honestly, it looks fucking wicked. I think Kirk Hammett's in it and everything. Yeah, it's, it's proper. Like, I was going to say he's high-profile metal and horror people. So there you go. Um, oh, I also put down in. Did you have another TV show? Sorry, I don't know if you have more. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah that was it well i did i had mine got a bit out of control because i started <laughs> well originally i was like oh maybe zoltan bathory from uh, five finger death punch could present like some kind of mma show because he does i think he does judo okay. he does something anyway i was always seeing on instagram um throwing people about um and then i thought oh and you could get matt heafy on it because he does jujitsu and then i thought oh maybe you could just do like a ufc style mma tournament just with loads of metal people on it so you could have like Saldan doing judo matt heafy doing um jiu-jitsu um i think it's a carl from nile or one of the nile guys does um oh what's that thing called a thing that sean from classic rock does that i was asking about earlier carl mcgraw or something like yeah, that yeah crab mcgraw crab he does that so you could have him doing that i think nurgle does kickboxing Mm-hmm. So like, there's loads of stuff you could do. Just chuck them all at each other and make them fight. It'd be amazing. Yeah, that you would, would be not cool. watch that. I would probably watch it. Well, we need to get on Dragon's Den immediately. Get the <laughs> shit funded. Uh, Jeremy Saffer, who does a lot of excellent photography for Mel, as well has asked a question in this week's podcast. Um, he has asked, "What's this is quite a deep one in a way? What yeah. killed the touring festivals?" So I guess we don't really have a touring Ozfest anymore. Mm-hmm. Fans warped to a bit the dust. We used to have the big tour that I think was sponsored by Monster that all the big metal bands used to go on and now it's just left my mind. Taste of Chaos, that was one. Yeah, Taste of Chaos was another one. What was the massive one? that I we're, don't know. It only went until a couple of years ago. Um, oh, man. Loads of people are probably screaming at the podcast right now. But yeah, anyway, that was the that was another big one that bit the dust a couple of years back. Um, metal touring they still have them across the US, don't they? There's still a couple that tour the US. Um, I don't know if there are in like the same way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh, what the hell was it called? I can't remember. But yeah, there, there used to be big, big, big um, metal tours, especially that used to have these huge bills and they were... You know, there were festivals and they used to go right across the US and it doesn't really happen quite as much anymore. Um, Do you have any theories as to why? I've got a few thoughts. Um, I don't really know. I guess festivals in general are getting more complex and more interesting and not just about the bands, like becoming like a full, like fully fledged event. So I guess it would be hard to do that with a touring festival. Yeah, sure. Because so much planning goes into it. and I think that the um, there's just, fest- like you said, there's, fe- there's festivals everywhere now. Mm. And 
even 10 years ago, if you wanted to see, um, you know, a big touring package where, whether it was warped or the metal equivalent, which is going to annoy me until the end of my days now. Um, Oh, come on, like Slayer were on it and Manson was on it. And oh, I can't remember. Uh, you'd have to go and see all those kind of, you'd have to, you'd have to basically wait for that to come within, I don't know, 500 miles of where you live. Cause obviously America is so huge. You, you'd probably have to travel away just to get to see it anyway. Whereas now there's all these mega festivals that are popping up all over the place. I mean, there's the West coast ones, East coast ones, uh, there's big ones in Canada. Um, there's big ones further down South. Um, you, you're, you're probably going to have your own in quote marks festival now, um, but a lot nearer to you than you would have 10 years ago. And I think that's made a big difference. I think stuff like, um, you know, Chicago open air and aftershock and, um, heavy Montreal and, uh, is it Sonic festival they got this year? Um, Rock on the Range was another big one. Like they've got all these massive, massive festivals now that draw absolutely huge bills, and so um, a lot of the time those bands all end up being quite similar lineups anyway. Mm. So if you kind of see Disturbed popping up at it like springtime in I don't know Ohio for Rock on the Range, you'll, there's a good chance you'll see them in Chicago a month later, and then you might see them end up at Heavy Montreal. Mm. Like it's not all exactly the same bills, but it's kind of the same principle in a way. So I kind of think that's quite a big part of it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a few reasons. I mean, with Vans Warped Tour, I kind of feel like that scene yeah. hasn't really lasted no. in the same way. No, I think a lot of that has kind of died out itself. Yeah. Like a lot of that whole kind of music, I suppose, like the whole everything that goes with it. So I don't think that's really because it was a touring thing. No, yeah, yeah, I agree. Like pop punk and, uh, you know, all its kind of family tree are not really producing bands on the same level. Even metal is. I mean, people always go, oh, metal's not producing big enough bands. But if you look at it in the US, especially, like Five Finger Death Punch can headline festivals over there. Disturbed can headline festivals over there. Uh, Corn headline festivals. Godsmack and all those Mm. kind of more beigey bands headline festivals. Um so there's shit tons of bands that can can do that, but if you're trying to find, I mean, fans walk tour didn't tend to have bands quite that big anyway by the end, but it's quite hard to sell for it to uh, turn over enough fresh big bands to keep that all moving. I think. Yeah, and a lot also of the, the ones that you see, sorry, no, in that on. in that um, scene, they're all ones that have been going for like decades anyway. They're not. Yeah, new. exactly. Yeah, and and the kind of way um, what you what we have always called in the office like the warped tour metal bands. So basically, all the bands that kind of came in the wake of like asking Alexandria. So bands like We Came as Romans and um, oh that other one that's named I've forgotten. I'm not doing very well today. Uh, what are they called? I can't remember. But all those kind of like quite like shiny, well polished, mm-hmm. um, you know, catchy chorus metal bands. Of Mice and Men, you can kind of probably throw into that as well, even though they started off a bit on the heavier side. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that scene's lasted very well. I don't think it's aged well at all. It feels quite no. dated. And I don't think that, um, I feel like the next generation of heavy bands that have come along afterwards are far more suited to kind of metal bills than they are to warped bills. Yeah. Um, so, you know, bands like Power Trip and Venom Prison and Code Orange and, you know, various other bands that people are getting excited about, Vane and, you know, mm-hmm. tons and tons of them. They don't really fit the same mold as all those kind of nice, shiny, lovely bands that were doing Warp Tour a few years ago. Yeah. So there's not really, it's just not the bands for it. But I don't know if, I don't know if it's, I don't know if we need it. No. Festivals like that, I mean. I think it'd be good if we could have something like Warp Tour, but I don't know if we need, we need a specific touring festival in the same way. No. Um, although I'm sure there'll be people that could point out that it probably managed to travel to a lot of places that these new big ones don't, so I don't know really. Yeah. Probably a lot of angry Americans going, fuck you, I have to travel to like <laughs> wherever to do it now. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Did you ever go to Warp Tour or any of those no. things? No, never went. Oh, well, <laughs> I went once four years ago and it was already kind of, it was, I don't want to say it was on his last legs or anything. Cause well, it took it ages to busy, come across here anyway, doesn't it? It was like. Yeah, it kind of had a couple of stabs at coming over here and it never quite yeah. settled in, did it really? I no. went to one in America. 
Okay. In, uh, I went to two shows on the 2015 Warped in uh, New Jersey and um, upstate New York. Uh, and it was good. Like, I had a great time. But again, it was like the bands on that bill were like Miss May I and While She Sleeps and yeah. Cross Faith. And um, I don't feel like that generation of bands has been replaced by a generation of heavier bands that would work at Warped. And yeah. I don't know enough about the popular end of the rock spectrum to know who would be booking on that, getting booked on that lineup. No, I think it, it was now. kind of like, well, it started off a lot of like skater, skater rock, skater yeah. punk, punk <coughs> rock. Excuse me. Then going into more like, I guess, some of the emo and screamo bands of the noughties and stuff. But now it's just, I don't know if there's any of that really going on much. It's just... No, it's weird, isn't it? Like I see bands like leading through coming back and those kind of guys again they were very much of the heavier Mm. generation but they definitely were kind of a warped tour band yeah um you know they come back and it's kind of not a massive not a massive massive deal really and and i think they're a great band and i I know people that are very excited about it but i think you know their matreu is probably another one you could say like a lot of bands from that mid-noughties burst that haven't come back in quite as big a way as maybe you would have thought they could. Yeah. Uh, which isn't a knock on the the quality of them or anything. It's just, I don't think, um, like, yeah, that's what it comes down to. I'm not sure when it comes to Warped that the scene's there for Warped right now. Maybe if there was a, a big shift in where heavy music was at again, mm. it could come back in a slightly different way. I think it's still doing bits and bobs at Warped, but it's not. Yeah. It's not. Um, I can see, it I think, I could see like, some there are like a couple of bands I could see probably doing that kind of thing, like Idols maybe and like Glassjaw and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even but those two bands though are like twenty years apart. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it shows you that it's not a lot going on no. there at the moment. I mean, there is a big punk thing. Hardcore is still very much yeah. very influential on a lot of stuff that's out there right now. So I don't know. It's just not as many bands coming through. I don't think. Not that would fit warped i don't think i think i think heavier stuff there's more stuff than there's been in a few years at the moment which is great but um you know if you look at for instance what we cover in in the new pages section of metal hammer and the new noise section and you think how many of these bands would have fit fit on a warped tour bill even five years ago Mm. isn't there's not many there especially compared to what it was like around 2010 to 2012 kind of time i just kicked the mic is that okay it's fine still finding a way through this lovely uh new uh equipment we've got going on uh should we do another one yep um you can ask this one if you want okay <laughs> um because i actually couldn't think of a response so i couldn't um, either i had to cheat the question <laughs> oh, no. a bit I, I cheated the question um with the remix mixes of auslander etc what's your favorite remix of a metal song big fan of the carpenter brute mix of dance macabre myself it ch- turns up the 80s goodness. That's from a- Aidan Delaney. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I said nervous about saying Sorry. his second names. Delaney's all right. I just don't right. want to get it wrong. Yeah. Aidan Delaney. Uh, I couldn't think of anything for this either. No, I'm not I a big d- fan of people remixing no, metal songs at like all. It. I don't like it. No. I don't even like it when, um, you know, more industrial bands like Manson and Fear Factory used to put out like remix albums yeah. didn't they like manson had uh i can't remember what it was called but he had his remix album off the back of the antichrist tour and then the um fear factory had remanufacture yeah i didn't even like those it's not my jam at all but if it counts um and it's not a metal song really because even numb wasn't a metal song in of itself but the jay-z Linkin park numb versus encore mix is obviously a classic um but that's more of a mashup which made me think of um the judas priest lady gaga mashup from about eight years ago that's fucking amazing <laughs> have you heard it no painkiller mixed with judas no oh it's so good i'll send you <laughs> the video after this it's it's so well done but again that's that's a mashup it's not really like a remix of a track so yeah hmm. i'm at a loss hmm. for that if, if people listening are on the uh, on the facebook page um comment any that we might be missing because i i, <laughs> I didn't think of any that i was really into yeah, I'm trying to like look now at like some of the industrially stuff that I like, and I just no. Yeah, they're not really remixes. They are remixes, but the remixes 
within themselves kind of thing yeah, yeah, like... yeah. <laughs> it's not the same thing no yeah uh, like put start straight on facebook go to facebook.com forward slash mountain readers and let us know what the fuck we're missing because i'm sure there's some out there that we're not big on although i must admit I did think the Carpenter Brute mix of Dance Macabre was was good, but I I still don't think it was better than the original actually. Um, so yeah, there you go. I bet this is one you can answer. Summers David, what wonderful name, uh, asked, "What are all of your opinions, all two of us, on typo negative?" Who we've not talked about a whole lot. I thought They're you might awesome. say that. <laughs> Do you want to talk about <laughs> how you got into typo negative then? Because to me, as a new metal kids mm. they were kind of coming to the end of their run when i was uh getting into metal and then it was only really when pete died that i saw all the furor about it and then i actually went and checked out and thought oh these guys are really cool they, they weren't on my radar at all growing up um i don't know because i wasn't a new metal kid i didn't like new metal when i was growing up so How, who was your first metal band did we talk about this before uh, not really. I used to like classic rock and then I liked punk and grunge. So I guess grunge was kind of my um, gateway, like Alice in Chains. Right, um, yeah. And then from there, I got into like more thrash, so Metallica, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I didn't get into metal until later. I kind of got into Faith No More, stuff like that. More sort of nineties. Did this? Where did? How did you get into all these kind of bands? Because I have no idea. I just like searched a lot. I was yeah. kind of a nerd. So because again, Faith No More and Alice in Chains. I mean, Alice in Chains really weren't a, a kind of around when I was seeking out music. Like I didn't see them no, advertised I, anywhere. They, they weren't really getting their videos played. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no. I I like. I always liked stuff that was different or just. I didn't. I didn't listen to the new metal stuff. I had friends that did, but um, I just never really got it. And I just, I was always quite old school and just would seek out stuff that was older and like, like look on all sorts of different things. Like when I was a teenager, there was, um, I guess, MySpace and like Last FM and stuff like that. Yeah. And then magazines and then MTV2. That was a good one. They'd play. Yeah, MTV2 videos. used to be pretty badass, didn't it? Yeah. It's like they, they moved all the music that it originally championed to, into MTV2. Yeah. And yeah, they just yeah. quietly got rid of it completely. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked that. Um, so I used to just like old stuff. Um, and so I kind of went through. It took me a while to get into like more metal. I kind of got into then like Doom and stuff because of my old school tastes. Right. Um, so Doom and sludgy stuff and that kind of heavy. And then eventually kind of got into more death metal and stuff like that but um so i always i always liked goth stuff though right so, okay that was good even so next like, question <laughs> i was like old school like classic rock psychedelic rock anything that was like generation generations before before <laughs> me really um and i used to love you talking 80s. about heavy load have you been there yet yeah yeah I have. You have, yeah. yeah i love it um but i also love 80s goth stuff so like I was kind of obsessed with the eighties as well. I guess I liked hair metal as well when I was a teenager. So that was like another sort of metal that I liked. Um but I also liked like eighties pop, like Duran Duran, The Cure, um, like Joy Division, Depeche Mode, Tears for Fears, all of that kind of stuff. Nice. Um, and early nineties goth stuff as well. So it kind of just fitted into that and like um, I really, I've got like some compilations of like goth, <laughs> goth music, yeah. like compilation CDs, and they've got like um, um, all about Eve on them. Love all about Eve, and they've got like random. They're really random because it's just like all sort of like nineties goth stuff. So they've got like typo negative and all about Eve, but then they've got like Cradle of Filth. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> it's just like so you put <laughs> it on, and like I used to work in a crystal shop, so I used to play a lot of like gothy stuff or eighties stuff or. Just things that are a little bit like more accessible for people, but also alternative and kind of like dreamy because there's like crystals and you get a lot of metal heads that come in there. So, yeah, but I'd get told off by the manager if I put on too much metal. So, <laughs> so um, I have I had this compilation, but as soon as it got to Cradle of Filth, it would be like, 
I was like, no, <laughs> shit, skip it. Too like if, if no one was in the, sh- in the shop, it was fine. But yeah, it was like the rest of the CD was really like chilled and relaxed and like kind of like, you know, old school gothy. So it was quite tuneful. And then like Cradle of Filth in the middle. Forever ruining everything <laughs> for everyone. And I wouldn't want it any other way. But yeah, so Type of Negative, a big deal to you. Yeah, I, r- I really like them. They're, like, they're yeah. amazing. It, 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 I actually over, um, it always amazes me how I guess inevitably if you just not have been active at all with, with Pete passing away, I mean, that must be nearly 10 years ago now. Yeah, I Crazy. think so. But um, they're the, still very much under the radar of a lot of people. Like you look on Spotify mm. and they don't have a single song that's gone over, I think like maybe 7 million streams, which is not a lot really for, yeah. for what were a big and very important band in the 90s. Um, but yeah, bangers. Their two biggest songs are like nearly 10 minutes long each or something, aren't they? Ridiculous. Black are they? Nu- Black number one's really long. I'm going to have to check that, this now. Is it that long? pretty long let me check oh, oh, how I do i play this without accidentally maybe playing I just it on enjoy the mic? it too much to realize how long it is the that's like the same length as like bat out of hell <laughs> yeah black number one is 11 minutes oh my god or the album version is there a me. shorter version yeah there must be yeah and yeah even christian women is eight minutes nine minutes oh my god it's pretty banging no mm. messing around no messing uh so yeah shout out typo negative very cool bands if you haven't heard them before um you probably should have picked up our very cool 1994 issue yeah. with Machine Head on the cover, which you can still pick up online at uh, myfavoritemagazines.com or .co.uk, I can't remember which one. Um, we, we do a really cool uh, feature on Type Negative and we talk to um, uh, at least one of the surviving members. It's one or two of them, I can't remember. I'm sorry, I haven't read it for a few months, but um, it was an awesome piece and you should definitely go pick that up and then jam their music very, very, very loud. Uh, Sally Lowen has asked us on Twitter, where's Avenged Sevenfold? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just very simple. Um, we don't know. They are uh, very much enjoying making the most of Call of Duty with uh, Matt Shadows being a playable character on it now, I think. That's what happened, wasn't it? Something like that. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, you can play as M Shadows on one of the Call of Duty games. Um, I'm not into Call of Duty I've only just got around to playing Red Dead Redemption 2 so I am well behind um, but uh, I mean when did the stage come out the stage came out at the end of 2016 and they did a couple of big world tours off the back of that so you'd kind of expect them to be uh, out of the public eye for a little bit now um, I would I would reckon there'll be a new Avenged album next year I don't know that but I'd be very surprised if it wasn't because uh, yeah this is three years since the last one now so mm. it's about time and I have no idea what it will sound like. And that's how I like it. <laughs> um, there's one big kind of question that someone yeah. posted. Not, not Normally on the on the Facebook page and Twitter, we actually ask like, oh, give us some questions for the podcast. But this is one someone posted separately. So I hope he doesn't mind us reading it because I thought it, it sparked a really interesting debate. Um, but Pip Dunbar uh, was asking about Steel Panther, who we had a studio report, report with in uh, either this issue out now or another one recently where he kind of talks about Me Too and he's, you know, doing his kind of classic Michael Starr, um, Steel Panther, shtick. Um, I haven't explained that very well. We do it. We do a, a, a um, uh, in the studio piece with Steel Panther. I think I don't think Michael Starr does, does the interview. I think it's Satchel. One of them's in the photo and the other one does the interview. That's what's throwing me. Anyway, so Pip Dunbar's point is, um, he says, uh, upon reading the brief interview with Steel Panther, uh, his response to uh, Steel Panther's music in a post-Me Too world is rather predictable. I know Steel Panther are a parody of glam metal, so it's not that I'm taking them too seriously. Rather, I feel like brushing off any potential criticism as political correctness is both lazy and irresponsible. Um, listening to Steel Panther won't turn you into a raging misogynist, but it can help to reinforce existing subconscious bias or treat sexism as no big deal basically a little bit of consideration towards how music reflects our real world attitudes is all that's needed and this sparked quite a big conversation between two, a few mm-hmm. of our uh, lovely readers and followers on the facebook page um and i thought it was quite an interesting thing to talk about really because we are in a kind of uncharted waters now when it comes to um the post me too world and how that affects music and how that affects the media um I and mean, what do you kind of think of steel panther and their whole shtick I guess generally, but I guess more pertinently in light of what the climate's like now. Um, 
I've always sort of thought, oh my God, this is shocking. But at the same time, it's kind of, it's a joke and it is kind of a parody anyway. So I kind of feel like it's... It's all right. It's Ahmed from IT. Shout out Ahmed from IT. What's going on? It's <laughs> 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 Um. So, yeah, I feel like um, because it's a parody, it's kind of bringing attention to it in the way of like it's making fun but it's pointing out how awful that kind of culture was and like how it it shouldn't be okay in a way or at least this is how I sort of like justify it in my own head I feel like they are kind of pointing it out in the way that they are being so like overtly stereotypical for that sort of that kind of genre of music and the 80s and 90s culture of like the rock star and the sexism and the um all of the sort of sex drugs rock and roll extreme kind of hedonism yeah. yeah um so isn't that kind of i think that's kind of like drawing our attention to it making fun of it but also we're sort of having to think about it and think this is not okay like that's an interesting. I mean, I've never. I don't. Yeah, maybe. I've never thought about it like that. Actually, that, that that it's almost ousting it by proxy of. Because it's just so like it's so over the top yeah. that it's like it's pointing it out. But I also think that it's. I don't think anyone would like follow it because it's it's, it's so sort of. What out about there. when you get to? Because um, I kind of agree with you about the point that it, uh, you know it's a parody and you know yeah. to to be a, 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 a as um someone put on the uh, the facebook page um i think it was steve hill actually one of our writers um said you know to par- to be a parody you kind of need to reinforce the thing you're mm. parodying in a in a you know over the top cartoonish way yeah but that's kind of like alan partridge for example right exactly yeah, like yeah. But it does draw attention to that kind of like how ridiculous it is and it makes people laugh, but it also probably makes you think a little bit about Mm. the kind of thing it's parodying. What do you think about, because sometimes when you see Steel Panther at gigs, they'll get girls up on stage and some girls will strip and all that kind of stuff. And I guess sometimes with that, I kind of go, well, now we're like down the rabbit hole because Because it's a joke. But the stuff that this is actually happening, this isn't, yeah. these people aren't paid to kind of pretend like they're no, part of no, a joke. But are they, but is it just a bit of a joke? I, got, I mean, if someone wants to do that, it's not my place to tell them not to. But it's a bit of that, it's that weird thing where you're like, is it a joke or is this, like, has the joke eaten I think itself? That's or? Just, I like personally, I kind of think it's like the misunderstanding it. And I think it's a sort of like, just, that's just how it is at the moment. And I think we're kind of like steering away from it anyway. I think that. Like girls have, there's a lot of girls that do do stuff like that because it's kind of like part of our culture and it's part of like, it's almost acceptable. But I think now with the Me Too mo- movement and stuff like that, it's people are starting to question it and think like this isn't how it should be. Mm. Um, so maybe they are kind of not really getting that it's a parody. I don't know because they're sort of just to well, me. Maybe they do, but they don't care. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing. I've maybe got no idea. They just, yeah. Who knows? But I, I'd like to see less of that at rock concerts generally. Mm. Like, <laughs> it feels a bit played out. And and you know, I think I do wonder um, if if Steel Panther and uh, I haven't heard the new record. It's due out later this year. But I do wonder if if Steel Panther had made another album as good as that first album, if people would be asking these kind of questions because the first album is. I mean, it's one of the best rock out al- like like rock kind of heavy rock albums of, I think it is about ten years old. So I say of the last ten years, it was so good. And I think when your music is it, when you're able to kind of take the piss but produce music that brilliant, I think people don't allow themselves the room to start questioning the other stuff as much mm. because the music to me as hilarious as Steel Panther can be. The, the music is what made me think this band are fucking great because the, the, the albums I mean that album's better than anything people like Motley Crue and Poison have done in you yeah. know 30, the better part of 30 years in some cases um, so I wonder if they could do with maybe producing an album that recaptures that magic that would maybe kind of make people not feel like they have to maybe just overthink what is essentially 
admittedly not very long running joke <laughs> yeah yeah maybe yeah i don't know because like it's the same with other genres of music when it's really really extreme and some of it i think it's all to do with like pointing out these things and it's just to shock and sometimes it is just kind of shock value but um i i do i i see i'm not like i'm not really into censorship or anything like that i'd rather things just be like out in the open because i think that just hiding it is probably gonna end up with more complications and okay yeah just honesty with everything but i think they're just a parody band and i think it doesn't offend me um, and mm. there's a lot of sexism in there, <laughs> like huge amounts. But I think the ability to laugh at some of this stuff can be quite a good thing anyway. Sure. And I think that, yeah, it is it is comedy to me. And comedy is supposed to sort of do that. It's supposed to make you think. So if it is making you think and if it is stirring up these kind of conversations, then isn't that a good thing? Very interesting. When like Motley Crue weren't stirring up any of this. It yeah, was true. just acceptable, like very, very. Yeah, that is very <laughs> true. And and also, you know, I don't, I don't think you. I, I mean, do people really expect like Steel Panther? It's like Spinal Tap. You wouldn't go to Spinal Tap and be like, has the toxicity of uh, rock music gone too far? You know, mm. like wouldn't happen. So it's a bit of a weird. I guess they just blur the line so well that they've got us all talking like this. <laughs> it's the thing because they're yeah. so good at what they do, Steel Panther. Like they just, no one really knows what lines there are to draw if like you say there need to be lines yeah who knows <laughs> who knows first album still bangs though i know that much yeah um that'll just about do it for this week i reckon uh we'll be back next week of course hopefully not um sweating into a puddle of eyes as we are on this sofa right now uh cheers for listening everybody don't forget to go out and pick up the latest issue of metal hammer it's a slipknot spectacular featuring an art print by luke priest that is gloriously awesome plus a cd of slipknot classics covered by some of the most exciting young bands in the game and a couple of brand new tracks on there as well uh, nine different covers split across newsstands all around england uh, most of them will sold out online as well in fact the bundles that we announced this week have sold out online as well so if you want to get this issue Get out there and pick it up in shops because it is going and uh, you don't want to miss out on it because it looks lovely. Get a couple of them and slice them up and put them on your walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> cheers very much, <laughs> <All> everyone. <nine. laughs> we, yeah, exactly. Why not? And if you do do that, you're absolute heroes and we love you very much. Thank you. We always appreciate the support. Uh, we will be back next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.